Welcome to Sermon q and I'm Pastor Craig here with Pastor Michael. And yesterday, March 13th, 2022, we did a message on how Jesus made followers. And our topic came from John chapter 2, where Jesus cleanses the temple from money changers. And uh, the incident is there. One of the questions that came out of that message was how to confront uh people who are abusing other people religiously. So the question for you, Pastor Michael, this morning is, uh, when is it okay or is it okay for pastors to confront other pastors like Jesus did with the Pharisees? And just to cap it off, to give you a real good direction here, Jesus (laughs) talks about the Pharisees as whitewashed sepulchers and broods of snakes and dens of vipers. I love you just pulled out the King James Version. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sepulchers. What is a sepulcher? Well, yeah, is that a tomb? A tomb? A tomb. So <laughs> Jesus is is very direct with these guys, yeah. and and he doesn't pull his punches. Yeah, he doesn't. He's pretty blunt. When is it okay for, or is it okay for mm. pastors to confront other pastors like Jesus did with the Pharisees? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it has to be okay. Um, so let me ask you a question: Have you ever had a confrontation where you you sat down with another pastor from a different church? And had some stern I avoid other pastors words. from other churches. Well, you're Canadian, so you're like. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. No, no. You have, ever, had, um, have you ever had to do that? I mean, you've been pastoring for seven decades. Yeah, so. that's about right. Give or take. Give or take. Four. So, have I ever had an opportunity to confront another pastor? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, and you know, you try and do it gently. You try and yeah. do it lovingly, but ultimately, I think. For me, and you're you're passing the buck here because you're I'm supposed just, to be. I'm answering curious. This we didn't talk about this beforehand. No, I wanted to hear. So, yeah, my approach is that Jesus confronted those who should know better, yeah, differently than he did those who don't know better. Amen. And so, when a pastor does something that's abusive to their congregation or is living in a way that is clearly unbiblical, yeah, I'm going to be a lot more blunt and direct with that individual mm-hmm. because they should know better. Yep. Yep. Amen. So uh, in thinking through this, I, I put down four just principles and I let's, let's go for them and see what happens. Uh, number one, I want to, I want to identify character issues versus gospel issues. And if I, from a distance in a different church am watching character issues, um, I, I now have to ask myself another question, which is, do I have a relationship with them? That's important That's true. because how many people do we watch on YouTube that have character issues right. like quite a bit, right? So I want to make sure that I do have some kind of relationship with them and it's not my job to fix everybody. I can't, <laughs> uh, in theory, they have their own elders. God, you know, God will take care of them. Even the apostle Paul, he, he can't go deal with everything everywhere. He deals with what he can when he's there, you know, but so there is this true. sense. He wrote of, the Corinthian church and he said, if I were there, I'd already, yeah. already, already dealt with the situation. Yeah. And he can't. And so right. there's a whole bunch of things I watch happen. I don't have a relationship with them and I can't do anything about it. Um, and so, but if, if there's somebody I'm in orbit with, uh, meaning we have some kind of established relationship and I see a character issue, I'm going to gently sit down with them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because from a distance, uh, there's, there's always more to the story, right? Um, a true. lot of times what happens is I'll hear about a character issue via someone else. <laughs> yeah. So as pastors, we, never we get a lot of gossip, right? <laughs> and what I want every pastor to do is to ask me before they assume what somebody else says is correct. Very so good. the evil one loves to take divisive people mm-hmm. and to divide churches against themselves, against each other. You know, So I just, I want to give people the same grace that they would give me. Um, I also want to pay very close attention to that, that, uh, this is terrible to say, but it's real. Uh, pastoral jealousy is a very real thing and it can lead people to hate others and slander them 
unjustly. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of weirdness that goes on and people get, pastors get jealous of strange things, right? Like it's not just numbers, like they get jealous of weird things. So, um, so I want to, I want to identify character issues, integrity, you know, just kind of integrity, character issues and the gospel issues. If we're dealing with a gospel issue, there again are so many churches that have like abandoned the gospel. I can't, I can't go after all of them, mm-hmm. but if you're in my community or we're in orbit together, mm-hmm. um, I, I want to, if we have some level of relationship, have a, have a conversation if I can, that's not always possible because a lot of times when there are gospel issues, there are also, um, Deep character issues, use and abuse of people in really sad ways. Right? Or bad theology altogether. Or just bad theology yep. altogether. You know, when when we think of in our communities, um, the amount of universalist pro-LGBTQ, mm-hmm. um, like just like abandoning basic things the gospel says about simple doctrines, yep. even though they're emotionally complex, yep. uh, they're not biblically confusing. Um, do I go after all of them? Lord, I, I would just end up ruining every relationship I have, which I don't, at the end of the day, that's fine. But you do have to count the cost a little bit here because, um, when you do these kind of things, um, they will turn on you and seek to ruin you. And it's hard because my primary responsibility is to my flock. And, um, and so once I start concerning myself with everyone else's churches, I can get really distracted and I can also bring unnecessary distraction to my primary responsibility. Along with that, do you find that pastors are like overly defensive a lot of times? Unbelievably so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there was a couple of years ago, um, a pastor wanted to sit down with me and he confronted me on something. Um, we had never talked by the way. So it was a very strange confrontation and um, didn't ask me a single question about anything. And I just listened. And I, I remember thinking to myself, everything in me wants to be defensive because yeah. you don't know me. Your facts are wrong. The right. context is wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, something else is going on here that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking to myself, just listen, ask questions, go deeper, don't be defensive, walk away, take it to the elders and see what they say, you know? And, um, but it's interesting, everything in me wanted to be like profoundly defensive. And so even as you say that, I'm like, that's in me as well, you know? Um, I think it is in most people. Honestly, like. But the, I yeah. think it's more so for pastors because we carry the burden of the flock with us. Yeah. Like we're, we, for some reason, we f- feel like. We're, we're defending not only our actions, but yeah. how our actions have influenced a whole yeah. swath of people. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's it's a, it's an emotionally complex thing. I think when we talk about like counseling pastors, um, we have this idea in our brain about cops and um, cop. there's like special counselors who work with cops. It's a very unique mm-hmm. occupation. And I think for pastors, it's also unique in a different way. And uh, there are some people who understand pastoral ministry kind of uniquely. It's why sometimes pastors who've been around for a while and they're older and they, they can coach and counsel younger pastors. Uh, there is there is an understanding of the complexities emotionally, spiritually, of kind of bearing some of the weight of it that they get. And I think that's important. Um, Second Peter 2, I want to read this. False prophets, um, but also false prophets uh, arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will mm-hmm. secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying their master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And it, it's interesting, even as as Peter's writing, his acknowledgement, he doesn't, nowhere does he say, go fix it. Uh, like Jesus will deal with them. And what we find around this area, uh, I, anecdotally, it has been the consistent story of my friends around the country. When, when pastors or churches abandon the gospel or go, 
uh, abandon the word of God as our authority, they die. They, the, the descent to death begins almost immediately everywhere. It's almost like God has a built-in judgment mechanism mm -hmm. that if you're going to start moving away from the Bible as your authority, or you're going to take uh, worldly ideologies and then integrate them into the church, um, the, it's almost like the Lord has already predetermined yeah. he will begin to tank those churches. Yeah, and it's I don't want to get everywhere. off on a tangent, but it's interesting how people abandon the gospel for what they think will make them more relevant right. to the world today. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. <laughs> Not at all. And it does, you're right, end up tanking them so many times. It because, does. Because they, 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 um, they give, give up the very thing that's bringing them life. Yep. Um, I think also needs to be said, the, the entire book of Jude mm. is written against false prophets, people who are coming into the church. Cor Cor Corinth had them. Yep. Um, Paul was writing against them. They were trying to get people to think that Paul wasn't really an apostle. Mm. Uh, they, were, they were attacking the church by attacking Paul's integrity. Um, and they said that they had more integrity yeah. because they were more reliable. They had more theology. They were mm -hmm. they were real Christians, whatever yeah, it was. We're better than you. Yeah. Mm. And so uh, even Paul, when he talks about them, he doesn't deride them. We don't know their names. Yeah. He doesn't deride them. He doesn't visit them. He doesn't yeah. punch them in the face. All he does is he tells his people, don't, don't get dissuaded yeah. by these false prophets yeah. because they're always going to be with you. Yep. Uh, there's a there's a dude named and, and he's not a false prophet. He's just a former Christian who abandoned apparently the gospel. His name's Demas, and in Colossians, yep. Demas is affirmed. Colossians four fourteen. That's right. By the time he gets to Second Timothy four, it says Demas in love with this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. It's very interesting, like how he addresses these things. Um, but Demas isn't a pastor. So so the, here's kind of the first you know principle, I guess. Identify character issues versus gospel issues. Um, and then I'll tell you a story at the end that just happened this morning. Um, it's early in the morning and things have already happened. So if here's the second principle. If you utilize Jesus' methods, be ready for the consequences. And uh, if you're going to go turn over tables and you're whatever, like Jesus wanted to die. Like there's a, you know what I mean? Like he knew the outcome and particularly in the second turning of the tables, um, the, the week of his death, yeah. he is trying everything he does yeah. is to incite the religious leaders to kill him. Yeah. He wants to die. That's the plan. Um, and I, and I, I found that when I start calling people whitewash sepulchers, <laughs> um, it ends up creating a distraction from my primary thing. Whereas Jesus's job was actually to explain, to uh, expose. expose their sin. Yep. Uh, my primary responsibility is not to expose everybody's sin. Uh, I want to go through a couple uh, categories here. Um, my experiences with Catholic priests. Um, number one, um, most Catholic priests have no idea that they're right. not preaching a pure gospel. Mm -hmm. Like they're not trying to be, right. to add works. They are, they're actually doing the best they can with what they know. Some, um, some are clearly abusive. Yeah. And even, I totally agree with yeah. your statement, but even in those cases, I would, I would go to those priests and yeah. I would say, not only do we disagree on theology, yeah. but you're an abusive individual. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In abusive situations. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah. When that stuff comes out, when abuse comes out, that's a whole different thing. When somebody is actually physically emotional, like in harm, we, we have like, it's incumbent upon us to intervene. Yep. Uh, secret church pastors. I don't want to, I want to be really clear about this. These are the ones who just barely preach the Bible. They don't talk about sin. Um, you can be a secret church and preach the Bible and sin. I'm just, there's a, there's a category of pastors mm -hmm. who are all just fluff. Nothing's hard. And again, what I found when I talked to them is they're, they're doing the best they can. They don't know better. Um, Mike Boyle, who, who just came off staff here at the time of this recording, 
Uh, he always says to me, Michael, you have to assume that when someone gets in the pulpit, they're doing the best job they can. Mm. Nobody wants to stand up and be rejected or do a bad job mm. publicly communicating God's word. Um, what you find is that most people aren't actually equipped to do the kinds of things that you might find important, like preach through text of scripture. Uh, one of the things he, he shared with me a while back was that the reason topical preachers don't preach through text of scripture is not because they think it's irrelevant. It's because they don't know how. Mm -hmm. And most of them, uh, because it's a different discipline, isn't it? It takes a because lot more work. when you and me do topical sermons, we can do it in two to four hours. When we do expository sermons, mm -hmm. it's like eight to 15, mm -hmm. right? It's a different headspace altogether. Prosperity senior pastors, this is a different category. Um, they almost always know what they're doing and they are exploiting and extorting the poor. And when I have the opportunity, if we're in their orbit um, and it's appropriate, I will, I will say something. Um, prosperity associate pastors almost are, they're just following a dude. Uh, they are, they're, I mean, there are exceptions, but like I've had a handful of conversations and they don't know better. Um, do you confront their idolatry then? <laughs> I have actually, um, you are idolizing your pastor, right? Well, well, let's be honest. I've, like that's a temptation for a lot of people, you know, like, uh, I'm so, kill um, that idol. but in their ecosystem, the authority of the pastor is, is the most important right. thing. So they've grown up with the pastor, yep. you know? So our right, third principle is in gospel preaching churches, uh, we got to recognize their authority as their elders. And so God has established yep. an authoritative mechanism to deal with this. Some churches and are getting rid of elders. They are to their own demise. Yep. And um, that's really sad. And that's another, I would just call that another level of judgment. Absolutely. By the way. Because so, you're getting rid of it, a level of accountability. Yep. Yep. Um, last principle in gospel preaching churches, beware of rumors and bloggers. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. So let me tell you what happened this morning and then we'll be done. Uh, did you put that in this morning? No. Okay. Right. That was, uh, no, I should have, um, you, I watch pastors in this area quite a bit. Um, I want to know the gospel preaching churches who are kind of going right. off, yep. off a little bit. And uh, I've, I've sent you clips being like, is this crazy? Yeah, right. Yeah. Am and, I crazy or is this crazy? And here's the irony. I don't, I don't ever watch full services, full sermons. Yeah. What I do is I actually just like, I, I say the same thing to the Lord every time. I'm like, show me what you want me to see. And uh, I'll scrub. And there are a couple churches every time I just, I'll go to like 23 minutes. And I'll be like, what is happening? <laughs> And, and then I'll go start watching more of the service and nothing's crazy in the whole service except for this one part that I scrubbed. Yeah. So this morning I got up and uh, I've just had this thought. And uh, so I opened up um, this church in our area. I scrubbed right to the sermon. Literally the first words out of his mouth were a bold faced lie that I knew was a lie. He knows is a lie. Literally scrubbed right to that thing. Wow. And I, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, huh. And it, it's like the Lord was just confirming and showing me like, don't do this. Yeah. You're capable of that, yeah. Michael. Like that's in you. So are you going to call him? Uh, no, because I don't actually have a relationship with him. Okay. And here's, here's a challenge. There are some people that um, if you confront them, they will see it as defense. Like you're, you're jealous or yep. something. You know what I mean? Like yep. combative, that's yep. the, that's the defensiveness in them though. Like yep. it's, and I'm not trying to be combat combative. Yep. I just, I don't really have much patience for pastors building their own empires and lying to their church about how things happen. Yep. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Um, but the irony, I just woke up this morning and I scrubbed right to that moment. And um, I again, can't wait for you to share it with I me will in a few minutes. Share it. You, you, <laughs> you won't be shocked, but like, it's just, this is, this is the kind of junk we deal with. And yeah. um 
So yes, um, be smart about it. Um, identify character issues and gospel yep. issues and man, be ready for the consequences. I'll tell every pastor in the world though, you have, you have a flock. Be most concerned about your flock, yep. the flock of God among you. Have elders so that you can be accountable yep. and doggone it. If they're outside of your church or inside of your church, if somebody confronts you, just be humble because chances are. Um, yeah. And let me just, uh, everything you said mm-hmm. to cap this off, quality but I would just underline personally, mm. make sure your elders are qualified. Yeah. Because if you have unqualified elders, they're going to yeah. be making unqualified calls. Yep. And you've got to make sure, and that's all in scripture. That is. So just take a look. It's right in there. Crazy. You. It's like the Bible tells us what yeah. to do. I know. Right? No, it's- well, it's been a privilege having you join us for our sermon Q&A. Join us next time as we have lots more to talk about.